0: Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. From now until kickoff, Fred Hubner and Brian Hanlon talking Bears football. Listen live on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app, presented by Points Bet Sportsbook, also sponsored by CBDMD. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Welcome to the PointsBet Sportsbook Pre-Game Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
1: There's a pretty good chance that when the Decatur Staley started uh, their home opener years and years and years and years ago, they had more people than Soldier Field's going to have uh, at it today. Uh, as the Bears have their home opener against the New York Giants, Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner. Brian, what's up? Decatur Staley's right out of the box. God bless you. There we go. There we go. We're going <laughs> some old school. The kids can look it up. So, <laughs> but i no, think about it. I mean, they, they probably just uh, said, we're going to have our home opener. Let's see if we can get 10 or 15 people to come watch. And, uh, today at Soldier Field, the stands will be empty. Um, as the Bears and Giants go at it, uh, and, um, it's going to be strange. I know J.D.'s already sent a picture of the empty stadium. Now, it's always empty, you know, th- two and a half, three hours beforehand. But at least there's some things going on. And people sure. are singing the anthem and people are, you know, getting some stuff together. And they're getting ready for the fourth. What's it called? The fourth. Um, oh, what the heck. The, you know, uh, the fourth squad. You get the first, second, third, fourth. The um, So... But now, today, no fans. And I'm really wondering how people that for decades have gone to Bears home games and they've got a routine every yep. Sunday morning. They get up and they eat breakfast and they hop in their car and they get got the grill going and they're, you know, they're up in the Waldron deck or whatever and there's um, face
2: painting, yep. there's oh, well, that chest too. painting. yeah there's face painting they, they um, can they can
1: still face paint you're you're <laughs> you're painting your face at home aren't you just watch the game <laughs> yeah yeah
2: uh yeah and and generational right i mean yes. those tailgates have been going on through families forever right so right. they have their same parking spot their same group of friends the same menu ready to go good or bad football team they are there week in week out at Soldier Field.
1: Yeah, and today the home opener for the Bears and there will not be fans in the stands. The Bears trying to go to 2 and 0 as they take on the New York Giants. Giants have uh, have an interesting offense. We'll talk about it throughout the course of the show. Um, Saquon Barkley, everyone said, "Oh, this guy's second best running back in the National Football League." He uh he uh struggled just a bit last week. I guess it helps when you do have a guys that could block for you as he had yes. f- 15 carries for a total of 6 yards. Um yeah, so that wasn't all that good. And so but I'm sure that he's excited after seeing the way Adrian Peterson ran against the Bears last week for a 93-yard uh 93-yard gain uh, running up the middle on a team that doesn't have um you know Eddie Goldman and Bilal Nichols is trying to fill that slot in the middle. Uh the Bears are going to have to figure that out and a lot of good a lot of decent receivers in the Giants. So I mean, I think the defense will be tested a little bit this week.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it and that that Giants offensive line might be just the elixir that the Bears defense needs right now to give them some confidence that they are a playoff ready defense. I mean, you've got a a, a first-time center, uh you've got a, a journeyman at one tackle, you've got a rookie at the left tackle who's got some talent, but I mean, the Bears should be able to get to Daniel uh Jones uh, who likes to cough up the ball whether put it on the ground or you know, throw in interceptions. Everyone thinks this guy's got the goods to be an NFL quarterback, and he'll make some wild plays and big throws and make a lot of them. But if you give him a little pressure and sometimes he's a little overconfident, he'll give you the ball back too.
1: Well, look at it. I mean, if you're, if you're the Bears and you look at what the Giants come in with offensively, when they have Saquon Barkley in the backfield, their tight end is Evan Ingram, who struggled last week. He dropped a couple of balls early in the game against uh Pittsburgh. But then their receivers are Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Uh Golden Tate is expected to probably go later on today. They've got guys that can catch the ball. They have some receivers. So if they get any protection for their quarterback today, it could be an interesting day for the Bears because their secondary is gonna be tested. He's gonna go deep. He's gonna go right yes, off the he bat. Will. Yeah, right off the bat last week. He went um empty backfield, five wides. He was doing it quite often early in the game, and uh, the Giants offensively looked, looked like they were going to be a handful, and then they kind of, you know, made a couple of mistakes on their own and lose by 10 to Pittsburgh. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. you want to jump on in. We're talking about the Giants, but we're also talking about your Chicago Bears, because a week ago, Brian, we had no idea what to expect, and then we had a chance to watch the first three quarters, and we said, ah, pretty much the same <laughs> as yeah, we'd seen it, in years past. It was past.
2: disheartening, to say the least, Yeah, uh, and, and Twitter was very busy with... Uh, you know, where's Nick Foles? How bad is Nick Foles that, you know, he can't beat out Mitch Trubisky that, that we saw through the first three quarters? And then, you know, is the fourth quarter, Mitch, you know, the consistency, is he just going to take what he learned and, and the confidence from that fourth quarter and the feel good and bring it right into Soldier Field today? Or, as we've seen in the past, it's, you know, it's a bumpy ride. He goes from triple-digit passer rating right back to, oh, my, you know, slap your forehead passer rating. What is he doing out there?
1: Yeah, and we have a bunch of uh, polls up on ESPN uh, 1000, at ESPN 1000 on Twitter if you want to jump on in. One of those polls is, uh, what will Mitchell Trubisky's passer rating be today? 60 to 80, 81 to 100, or 101 plus. And, um, yeah, it was really bad in the first three quarters last week, but then when you throw three touchdowns in the fourth and, um, you know, connect with some people and and the the winning touchdown for the Bears the pass to Anthony Miller was a great one. The one to Javon Wims, nobody could catch it but Wims, he threw it exactly where it needed to be, and that's the frustrating part. I mean, you see him make some nice throws, some nice plays, you see the offense work in the fourth quarter, and you say, why can't you do it, you know, the whole game? And I know that's the part everybody says, with all quarterbacks, and those are the good quarterbacks that make it work all season long and all game long.
2: Well, and you look at it, um, you know, reading Patrick Finley's column in the Sun-Times, and Pointing out last season, two of Mitch's worst passer ratings were preceded by triple-digit uh, efforts. So, you know, it's it's getting late early for Mitch, and we talked about it last week. At some point, he's got to start stringing together not only quarters but games, and, right. and, and, and put together a season. And so, how you know how important is this game to Mitch Trubisky? I, the fact that the Bears are trying to go two and zero for the first time in seven years. I mean that that bar is pretty low. I mean yes. that that shouldn't be acceptable in this city, right? No, I think not at the all. Decatur Staleys would not like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably not. No. I haven't checked the Decatur Staley's early season uh, starts, but we can do that during the break. Um, so yeah. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. How are you preparing for the home opener since you can't go to Soldier Field? You doing anything special? You got the you got the screen in the backyard? You bringing some people over to be socially distanced, sitting six feet away and and watching the Bears play? Let us know three one two three three two three seven seven six all week long. And I hate contract talks. All week oh, long, there was always it was like contract talk from Tuesday on. It I was, mean,
2: it didn't take long, right? No, it I mean, didn't. You, everyone's still enjoying the the win at Detroit, and everyone's talking about how positive the feelings were on the sideline. And I mean, what was that? I, I mean, I thought it was a little bit of a temper tantrum when you take all your Bears uh, references and your social media accounts and act like you're not on the team, right? And then you have to have a sit down with that neggy. And the one that really crossed the line for me was his agent going on social media and putting, you know, sad face emojis because of Mitch Trubisky. Like my client is you know, the numbers he put up last year were great and would have been even greater had he had a real quarterback. That was the implication. He took it down. He took it down. But I mean, you know, Mitch Trubisky wants Allen Robinson to stick around and get paid. Tariq Cohen got paid this morning or last night. And, and you know, three or four different teammates were on social media saying, pay the man. And, you know, I think the agent didn't do his client a, a very good service or did him a disservice when you go after the quarterback. I mean, that's for fans and people like us to do, right? Sure. You, you can't, you know, everyone knows what the deal is, but to just put it blatant, blatantly out there, you know, look, in negotiations, it's a valid point to bring up to Ryan Pace. Hey, your quarterback is still trying to find himself and my my client the wide receiver is trying to look, trying to make him look as good as possible whenever possible um yeah you know, the fact of the matter is do the bears have the money to pay him and and frankly i think the bears valuation of allen robinson probably closer to accurate than what the agent is trying to get him paid
1: right right yeah it's, i think he'll get paid i don't know if he's going to get what he wants um so that's you know, that's always a big thing for the you know, you just mentioned the Bears signed Tariq Cohen and I didn't I had no nobody saw this coming and I no. guess Tariq probably did. A three year extension worth seventeen point two five million in new money. That's five point seven five per year with the ability to be worth eighteen point two five. Um, the deal the
2: the guaranteed is nine point five, right? Nine point
1: five guaranteed. Yeah, so that's nice, nice money for Tariq Cohen. And they're still trying to figure out how they're using him. I mean, he was one of uh, eleven targets that Mitch had. That's the nice thing. If you're watching, I mean, in this age of offense, you need to have a lot of different weapons and. I went back and looked. The Bears and Trubisky targeted eleven guys last week for passes. I feel bad for Cole Kmet because he almost he got his bell rung because yeah. Mitch drew behind him at the goal line. But other than that, they, he he found other guys. There were people to find. He was able to throw the ball. And the one thing about Allen Robinson, which I really like, is they're using him not only in the outside, but they use him in the slot. And which is great because mm-hmm. when you have some speed now, you have this Darnell Mooney who's got speed. You have Anthony Miller who has some speed. You got you can get deep and you can run. Allen Robinson underneath. And he's the guy that will make those catches underneath. He'll do a lot of that. And he did last week. He'll continue to do that as the Bears continue throughout the season. And I think that's going to be a key for the Bears and for their offense, having some speed receivers. I mean, guys that can actually catch the ball. In the past, they might have had guys that had speed, but he couldn't catch the ball. Now, Anthony Miller has shown that that the game-winning touchdown, he can catch those kind of passes. Uh, Javon Wims has a little bit of speed. Darrell Mooney, who nobody knew him about, you know, know him, knew him. And all of a sudden, um, you've got that going for him. So it's nice to see that there are some promising things in the offense. Running game? It looked better last week. It shocked me how good the running game looked and because uh, we made fun of it. A lot of people did. Um, they talked about the offensive line, and their biggest addition was Juan Castillo. And I've never seen Juan Castillo block, um, but you all of a sudden Jermaine Effetti from the right guard position looked really good. It's like, hey, there's a big monster guy that can actually open a hole here and there and move a little bit. It real, you, you realize, watching Jermaine Fetty how bad Kyle Long had been the last couple of weeks or last couple of seasons.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. So you know that the commitment to the run also was yes. impressive. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Matt Nagy and and God bless him, he talked about post game uh, about trying to be a better play caller. And you know he didn't abandon the run. He stuck with it even when they were trailing, and and it was the only thing working. But you know we've seen him in the past. Uh, in the past, go to the past. You yes. know, just try to make up as many points as quickly as he can. But David Montgomery and the offensive line gave him a reason to, to keep it going, and he did it. So, you know, kudos to him that even when they were trailing most of the game, they ran the ball 44% of the time, so that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, 149 yards rushing on 28 carries, a 5.3 average. 14 of their carries were for five yards or more. Offensive line doing their job coming off the ball. And I was reading, and they said coming off the ball is one thing, but finishing your plays is another. You can't just come off the ball and stop. you got to go and follow through, and that's what uh, Jermaine Effetti and some of those guys were doing. I think Cody Whitehair looked uh, really good. And plus you saw Mitch a lot of times under center. Um last week, which you didn't see a whole lot of. I mean, over the last couple of years, it's been getting less and you know, he's been getting more and more under center, but he was under center quite a bit. The uh, points, bet, points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the Points Bet app. Do that right now. The Bears and the Giants with a noon kickoff at Soldier Field. How are you going to watch this one? You're probably not used to sitting at home and watching a game from Soldier Field. Let us know. Jump on in on anything you want to talk about with the Bears, their offense. Are you less worried about Mitch after the fourth quarter are still very concerned about Mitchell Trubisky and will you will anybody be yelling for Nick Foles throughout the game today 312 332 3776 got a couple other polls for you on ESPN 1000 we'll check those when we come back Brian Hanley Fred Hooper jump on in 312 332 3776 week 2 of the NFL the home opener for the Bears and we're talking about it here on ESPN 1000 <laughs>
0: We're hitting the kickoff on the Voice Best Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: Turn it up! We're talking a little bit about. Um the wide receiver situation, Allen Robinson, and he will be in uniform today as the Bears take on the Giants. The uh, noon kickoff at Soldier Field. And um, Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you 312 332 3776. Earlier in the week, they were asking um, Mitch about Robinson. Uh, give it a listen here.
2: Mitch, I'm sure you love all your receivers, but how important in particular is it to you to have Allen Robinson as a, as a primary target? Uh, as a guy he, it felt like at times over the last couple of years he's almost become a, a bit of a security blanket for you
3: yeah 100 percent i mean Allen's just so reliable um you can go to him in any situation um and the thing about him is when he's open he when he's not open he's still open so just put in his area he'll go make a play for the offense and um and that's my guy so i know there's a lot of talk about uh his contract and all that and uh hopefully they take care of him because me and the rest of the guys on the team, we want him around. And and that's very obvious. We love a Rob and we know, we all know what he brings to this team. And uh, they just got to get that done so we can keep him around and uh, continue to take care of business. But we're not worried about anything else because we know how uh, Allen approaches the game practice every single week. So in between the lines in the locker room, everything's been the same. It's, it's been awesome. So uh, can't really say how much, He means this team and this offense, and he's always been there for for all the guys um, on and off the field and and when it comes to playmaking ability. And should you recommend some zero dark 12 for A-Rob there, maybe? I would recommend going dark for, for any guys who would ask me, you know, me, I'm not uh, active on Twitter, Instagram, but the guys like it. And I think the worst place you can go is to start to get into arguments with people in the outside world and and try to get other people's opinions on it. But um, all I know is everything that's going on in-house and and we'll take care of business that way. And um, I'm always going to have my guys back. So uh, whether it's a Rob or anybody else, we're, (laughs) Well, I'm, I always got their back. We're in this together. And uh, I would definitely recommend to, to go dark when they go when it comes to social media, just, just keep it in house. How do you guys as a group, you know, walk the line between wanting to support your guy as he wants an extension and not letting it become a distraction? Well, we always support each other 100% all the way, so we're always behind our teammates, but I think it's really simple for us. Uh, It may seem like a distraction online or on Twitter or whatever it is, but we don't see that in the locker room. We don't see that on the field, and it's – especially with Allen and a lot of the guys we have on offense, you never got to worry about that type of thing because we're attacking practice um, and – everything's a team first mentality uh, because because I know these guys in the locker room. So um, the way he has handled himself and the rest of the guys on offense, it's, it's professional. It's, they're trying to get better. And uh, I think all that other stuff will take care of itself.
1: Basically the toughest part of the week for Mitchell Trubisky talking to the media. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's got to be basically the tough. The rest of it's got to be pretty easy for him. Uh, and and then and dealing with somebody else's contract terms is not easy either because, you know, everyone's going to say the same thing. Everybody, they want everybody to get their money. Everybody deserves their money and all that kind of stuff. And Robinson definitely does. And, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, I'm, I was shocked to see the Tariq Cohen thing today. Um, but because that happened, I'm, you know, part of me thinks that because of that, we will see something with Robinson coming soon.
2: Well, you know, Fred, when you look at the agent, you know, and it, it's everyone's parsing this. Well, did he ask for a trade? Do he suggest they trade uh, Allen Robinson or just say, hey, you know, if we're an impasse here, let's do what's right for everyone. You're going to get value for him right now. You know, what, a month or so till the trade deadline. Um, you know, and the Bears want to keep him and they want to see where this goes. And they hope that the Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson will be teaming up for years to come and making wild plays. But. I mean, Robert Woods from the Rams got paid Friday, right? Yep. And yep. four years, $65 million, $32 million guaranteed. And that's what the Bears are kind of looking at, right? They're t- talking about $16, $17, 18000000 million a year. And I get it, you know, that he's been in, uh, Robinson's been in the league seven years. You know, Woods is in the last year of his rookie contract. But I think Allen Robinson's looking like in the $20 million plus per season um, category and, You know, the Bears, frankly, I don't think have the cap room to do that. And, you know, Robert Quinn, is he playing today? All indications are that he is. But there's a big chunk of money on the sidelines last week, for sure. So, you know, everyone can't get paid. And apparently Ryan Pace misread how Allen Robinson, quote-unquote, he's passionate. Well, everyone's passionate about getting paid, right? Sure, sure they are. But he is still making, what, $14 million this year. And he's going to get paid by somebody someday, soon. And... I just, you know, to put your teammates in that situation 48 hours after a nice opening, you know, uh, a win, a comeback, come from behind win and, and defying the odds and, and putting one in the win column, and now everyone for two, three days has to talk about your, your situation. Uh, I, you know, for everyone talking about what a leader is, I just think it was, he didn't handle it the way I think he should have handled it. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, you know, my thing is that if you're going to do this you do it before the season starts, not after a game one victory.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah,
1: and that that was that was kind of weird to me. Robinson did talk to the media this week. He always talks to the media. He's been great all season long. Leading up to the year, he was on with Waddle and Sylvie a lot. He was on with Carmen and Yurko, and uh, he talked this week. And he talked with Matt Nagy about this whole conversation. And they asked him what what was said.
3: Yeah, you know, um, you know, again, I mean, that's pretty personal. But you know, me and Coach Nagy have a great relationship. You know, um, as everybody knows, you know, he's a big reason, you know, as far as me coming to Chicago, you know, just my uh, belief and, you know, his spirit and, you know, just how he brings it each and every day, you know. So we had a very good and spirited conversation, you know, uh, Coach Nagy's my guy, you know, um, I've enjoyed playing for him, you know, and he's been nothing but a great coach. Yeah. And the, the other thing he does is he makes
1: sure Mitch gets you the ball. And or at least tries to, and that's another good thing for a wide receiver looking for more cash. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to jump on in? Last year against the New York Giants, uh, Allen Robinson had 131 yards receiving at a touchdown. Most of it out of the slot. So we'll see how he does today and what what uh, they do against this uh, New York Giants defense. You mentioned Robert Quinn. And uh, Robert Quinn with his ankle injury, um I don't know. No ha- half the half Bears fans have no idea. We haven't seen him. We you know what he looks right. like. Um we know that we what he looks like in other other everybody else's uniform, but not with a Chicago Bears uniform. So he talked about his ankle and his rehab.
4: It was a little fluke incident. Um rehab just been uh just making sure it stay, you know, strong. Um You know, nothing too crazy, just kind of a little maintenance work, nothing too extraordinary. What's a better story for you?
1: And he was asked what he needs, what they need to do to see him play this week. Well, the sun will be the first thing.
4: Let me know I'm alive. Uh, Number two, I guess, to see my jersey over the pads to see if they won't let me play. And, uh, after that, we'll just take it, you know, how the cars are dealt.
1: See, that's interesting because it makes it sound as if it's the team's decision. Right. If they're going to let him go or not, if they're going to let him play or not. Uh, we have another poll up there at ESPN 1000, and it's how much of a difference will Robert Quinn make in his Bears debut today? We're figuring that he will actually be there. Uh, a lot of options. You got four options here total backfield disruptor, a notable impact, a minimal impact, or a non factor. You can go to uh, Twitter. Uh, at ESPN 1000 and vote on that and um yeah the um it'd be great if he was a uh, you know a notable impact heck I'd be I'd be happy with a notable impact he doesn't have to be a total backfield disruptor but it would be nice if they could stop and slow down uh, Saquon Barkley just like the the uh, Steelers did last week they every time Barkley got the ball in the backfield there was someone right there to tackle him it was it was terrible for him uh, really good for the Steelers well-
2: yeah, and And you know, as far as other defensive players on the Bears who are getting big money, i mean is Khalil max still is he earning his keep uh, even you know in week one did you know did he have the effort that he needs to have each and every week? I mean, the scarier part was Danny Trevathan was just bad, and he was you know, awful he, yeah and and you mentioned Eddie Goldman's absence, and you know maybe we're not talking enough about that, you yeah, how much he needed. Eddie Goldman out there to allow him to, to move, you know, run around and, and do what he does best. But I mean, he was, if that's what it's going to look like moving forward, the bears are going to have some issues there.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, I've heard, I heard some people, we had a caller yesterday who said, you know, the Bears allowed a washed-up running back to get 93 yards, and they stopped and run away. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I said, the Bears should have gone out and got Adrian Peterson. You did, you were advocating yeah. that, yeah. He's not a washed-up running back. He can still run the ball. I think we saw that last week. He even caught the ball, he made some nice plays. It was a perfect pickup for the Lions, but... Matt Nagy went in saying they're happy with their running game. They're happy with their guys. And you know what? They ran the ball, as we talked about. They had 149 yards. They stuck with it. They got a 5.3 average. I was impressed with the way they ran and blocked for Cordero Patterson because he's a taller guy. He's not really a running back. But you just want to get him through that hole just like he does when he returns kicks. You want to get him through the hole and let him run. And um, they found a way to get him the ball just handing it to him, and it works. Uh, I still would like to see David Montgomery get a better opportunity to be the number one, you know, dominant running back who gets 15, 20 carries himself. I'm not sure how, how much of that's going to happen throughout the course of the season with the three guys they got back there.
2: So, do they come out running the ball right from the out of the gate to the, today and establish that run and stick with it uh, no matter what uh, Mitch Trubisky's doing via the air?
1: Yeah. I know it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do. You mentioned uh, Trevathan, and uh, he talked during the week, basically saying that they had to step up the intensity.
4: We're getting back on it. Um, we're we're attacking. You know, we know that the practices are detailed enough for us to. We want to make those hard, right? So the so the game come easy. So when we're out there, we're flying, we're hitting. Like you said, we can't really hit like that, but we do we do put pads on one another, and we go ahead and get that experience because it's going to be real live action out there. So um, we're just taking the fight and, you know, we're not backing down from the challenge. We just want to go out there, execute our calls, be physical, be sound. And make the players want to come our
1: way. You know, something he mentioned there, uh, and I didn't even think about it. I know I, I did during the course of the week and watching some of the games. But before the season started, there were several players that said, this is going to be one of the sloppiest weeks of NFL football you're ever going to see because we haven't hit, we haven't played against other teams, we haven't scrimmaged against other teams. For the most part, Brian, I thought it was actually a pretty good weekend. I didn't see a whole lot of bad play, I don't think, from a lot of teams last week.
2: No, I mean even the Giants uh, felt like they were respectable against the Steelers on the road on Monday night, and you know they obviously wanted a different result than a ten point loss, but they led in that game in the second quarter, and a lot of younger guys on the team they think will take another step, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, they're, I guess they're still looking big picture. Not that, you know they're in a rebuild, a full rebuild. I mean the Bears aren't doing that; they they have playoff aspirations, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, how Khalil Khalil Mack goes against Andrew Thomas, the fourth overall pick, the left tackle for the Giants, and, you know, he should have a pretty good day, Khalil should, but if Andrew Thomas can start showing why they selected him uh, with such a high pick, it could be an interesting day for, for the Giants. 312-332-3776. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We've got uh, Matt Nagy
1: talking about the home opener without fans. We got some Chuck Pagano. We're also going to hear from uh, Jeff Dickerson. He's out at Soldier Field today. He'll join us at eleven o'clock, and then for the uh, New York Giants perspective at around eleven thirty, Jordan Ronan will uh, join us. He had some interesting comments earlier today. Here, you'll like this one. It says. um, huge game for the giants versus what most believe is an average bears team this might be the easiest game for the first 5 weeks with the 49ers rams and cowboys on deck if they don't win this week where is their first win so uh we'll ch- we'll check with jordan maybe this is you know it'd be nice little bulletin board material oh it should be an easy one this is the easiest game for the giants well
2: yeah i mean and we talked about it Couple weeks ago, that the the Bears, you know, have yeah. to get these first two because the schedule gets appreciably more difficult as you move forward in the next few.
1: Yeah, especially uh, with, with some pretty good offenses coming up. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. One more ESPN poll, and that is which will be higher today: Saquon Barkley's rushing yards or Mitchell Trubisky's passer rating. Now, just to remind you, last week um, Saquon Barkley had six yards. So,
2: 0.4 yards per attempt.
1: Yes. 0.4. So we're kind of hoping that Mitchell Travinsky's passer rating is higher than six.
2: And you know, on the <laughs> other poll question, we didn't go, give you the option. We aren't mean spirited here on the pregame show of Points But <laughs> Illinois. Uh we didn't go less than sixty. We no. started we started the bar at sixty.
1: Right. We started at sixty. We weren't going to go lower than that. And hopefully Mitch doesn't either. 312-332-3776, jump on in. It is uh, the Pre game show, we will be with you all the way up until kickoff at noon at Soldier Field at Empty Soldier Field. We're talking about it here on ESPN 1000.
0: The Double H Attack is back. Huebner. Come on, turn Hanley, up. Hanley. This is ah, the Points Bet Sportsbook Pre Game Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: knows, it could be, uh, you know, old-time football. The run game. Maybe Saquon Barkley for the Giants and the Bears running game going this week. The Giants... Allowed 141 yards on 30 carries against the Steelers last week. That's a 4.1 yard average. So we'll see if the Bears are going to try and run uh, the ball after their 149 yards last week. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you. As we mentioned, and everybody knows it, um, around the NFL, there's a couple places that have fans. Last week, Jacksonville did. Last week, Kansas City did. Um, I'm not sure exactly who's got them today. Um, of all of the home games that have fans and do not have fans. But there will be no fans at your Field, and Matt Nagy said without a doubt they'll be missed.
5: I think that's what's the hardest part for everybody is just the fact that, man, it, we all look forward to being able to do some the, the tailgating and hanging out and just telling stories and then going in and celebrating for your team. And, of course, for us, with all of our great fans in Chicago, of just the the energy that they bring for us and um, the excitement we have at Soldier Field, it, it, you know you don't have that. So, but we do know that we have the support behind us, and that that means a lot to our guys. So we just we want to do it together and and go out there and give everybody. You know, uh, you know, a good show as much as we can uh, when we are at home as well as on the road.
1: Yeah, you would think that running out from the tunnel kind of loses a lot of the <laughs> luster, right? When, when there's nobody in the stands, you know. Well,
2: and, and George George McCaskey earlier in the week said the the Bears were optimistic that some point during the season they would have fans at Soldier Field, and Mayor Lightfoot quickly shot that down. She so, sure did. Yeah. I mean, not even like we're still talking about it. Uh, he thought they'd give him. A pretty good proposal or plan on how to move forward to that direction, and she made it sound like she wasn't on her desk or she wasn't aware of it.
1: So. Right, right, yeah, it was interesting, and because uh, I know there, there were I'm watching the uh, Sox game the other day in the post game, and Ozzie was saying, you know, for the three game playoffs, they should work. You know, the Sox haven't been in the playoffs since '08. It'd be nice to have some fans actually see them get into the playoffs. And uh, that's not happening either in that short, no. you know, best of three series that uh, will be at guaranteed rates. And then the Cubs, if they, I'm pretty sure they'll hang on to first. Uh, we'll also have the uh, be hosting the three games here. It's going to be wild to have you know playoff games in town mm-hmm. at both sides of town with no fans in the stands. And um, I don't know if you watched any of the game last night, the uh, Sox Reds game, and they put the Fox put the fake fans in the stands. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, is that bad?
2: CBS will not be doing that today, thankfully.
1: No, it's that's uh, very, very bad. A bad look, definitely a bad look. Um, Matt Nagy talking about the effort to stick with the run, which was great. We've been we've been talking about how good it was against the Lions We'll see if we'll continue it. Talked
5: all all uh, off season about being attacking and aggressive, and I think uh, instinctively everybody thinks attacking and aggressive has to mean through the air, but there's a lot of ways to still be attacking. Uh, on the ground and and with your legs. and uh, again, to me, guys, uh, you know, I know a lot of the, the the players get can get criticized with execution, and there's certain positions that get criticized, but I, I wanted to make sure that myself included that I was always evaluating where I was as a play caller too. and where can I get better? And I think that that was you know the patience of of being able to know that you do need to run the football uh, is important. Uh, but then also, there's that you got to make sure too that when you're down 17, um, like we were last week, that okay, at some point in time, the clock becomes an enemy, and you, you just you have to you do have to throw more. So uh, I'm trying to get better in that area, and, and hopefully, last week was a little bit of a start. That might be
1: the most encouraging thing I've heard from Matt Nagy in a couple of Amen. years. Amen. You I know? mean,
2: any any coach who's that self-aware and so you know self uh analytic and and says i i'm trying to get better yeah uh, and you always talk about you know football teams normally the biggest jump they make is from game one to game two i mean that's really encouraging to to hear a coach who doesn't think he's had got it all figured out
1: yeah you know? just the first the, just the first 10 seconds of this i just want to play the first 10 seconds again
5: talked all all uh, off season offseason about being attacking and aggressive and i think uh Instinctively, everybody thinks attacking and aggressive has to mean through the air, but there's a lot of ways to still be attacking uh, on the ground and and not
1: just that. Is encouraging yeah. to me because we see you know so many times last year when the run wasn't working he completely went away from him. Then he has what seven carries, the lowest uh, that a Bears team had ever had. And when you see against what he did against New
2: Orleans and said, yeah. "Look, I'm not an idiot. I know we got to run the ball."
1: <laughs> right, right. And it was such it's such a hard thing to to say and believe when we saw right. what we had seen. But when he he's right at the end too because there's nothing that aggravates me more than when I'm watching the NFL. And when a a team gets down seven or ten, and then they say, "Well, they got to start throwing the ball." No, you don't. You can march downfield, score, turn the ball over, or get you know stop the defense, and you don't need to throw the ball. But like he said, when you're down seventeen, that's a little bit more. That's more than two scores. Okay, so at that point, you really got to try and do something through the air. And they were down at that point. But it's nice to see he's not. Again, it's just one game. But it's nice to see he didn't revert right away after they were down saying, oh, we got to throw the ball now. No, stay with the run, establish some things, opens up your passing game. And we saw that it did. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, I'm looking here again, 59.6 passer rating the first seven drives against the Lions, then a 139.4 the last three touchdown drives. So.
2: Well, it- and, and look, and a tip of the cap to guys like Mike North, but Dan Weeder in particular tweeted out there's more than enough time for the Bears to come back from this. Yep. And then he said, more than enough. And sure enough, they got it done. Now, Danny Trevathan got beat on the second to last play of the game yes. where the, you know, just flat-out drop a touchdown pass and the game's over. I mean, I don't know that you can wash away all the sins we saw in the first three quarters, the defense allowing the chunk plays on the, running, uh, on the ground and everything else, you know, the defense not being anywhere near as advertised, Mitch Trubisky being pretty much as expected, inconsistent, and, you know, all of a sudden the surprise was the Bears running game. But, they, you know, the result made a lot of people forget about what they watched and sat through for three quarters and against a, a Detroit Lions team, which is looks, again, to be terrible, missing their top wide receiver, right, uh, missing a lot uh, of uh, their secondary. So, I mean, how do you put that in perspective? Do you, do you say that, well, any win's a great win? Or do you have to say and keep it in perspective and say, well, you should have won that game, and it shouldn't have been that much of a, 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 a you know obstacle to get it done.
1: Right, right. And we're looking at the defense too, and we talked about what they did. The Bears' defense allowed 15 rushing plays by running backs of 19 plus yards in the last two years, Right. and then they let Adrian Peterson run up the middle uh, without Eddie Goldman. So you see what that costs. The one thing that surprised me, and you know, they they got the old the old saying: "Figures lie, and liars figure." You know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking here and this week, there was a stat that came across that said most quarterback pressures among edge rushers on Sunday, Joey Bosa had seven and Khalil Mack was tied for second with six. Now I watched the game.
2: I know. Can you, I, I don't remember seeing five of them.
1: I don't either. I don't either. So I'm not exactly sure how close you have to get for a pressure. But you know, I still have it on videotape. Maybe eventually I'll go back and look. But I'm thinking that the people that come up with these numbers have an idea, and they know what they're looking at, and things like that. But it's uh, it's very well, very strange. well.
2: Hopefully, hopefully uh, Khalil looked at the the tape from last year's game against the Giants, where he had strip sack of, of Daniel Jones, and we talked about it at the top of the show. I mean, here's a guy who had 18 fumbles last year, fifth most in NFL history. Lost 11 of them, 12 interceptions. 18 fumbles, 12 starts. Uh, again, sometimes it, they were just you know uh, bad uh, handoffs and maybe not necessarily his fault. Some were, some were over aggressive throws. You know, he gets a little too confident. He can throw on the run like Trubisky can. Yep. You know, they call him athletic Eli. But today should be. I mean, the Bears should. I don't know what over and under should be on turnovers, but he's there for it. Daniel Jones is there to give you the ball if you pressure him enough or put him in a situation where he thinks he sees something that maybe is not open.
1: Yeah, secondary is going to be tested, I think, quite a bit today, and hopefully they can come up and do something. PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet app now and get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. We come back, Chuck Pagano talked about the Bears getting ready for the New York Giants, how to maybe try to shut down Saquon Barkley, as the Steelers did. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Ah. Now, the Points Bet Sportsbook
0: pregame show continues on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN ah. 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: The inactives over at Soldier Field came out a little while ago. Tedgin Jr., a healthy scratch, because they like what they see from Darnell Mooney. And I know when I said Darrell Mooney earlier, it was wrong. And I was going to correct myself. And I said, I won't point it out. So I'm pointing it out now that I screwed it up so <laughs> far. So anyway, um, yeah, Darnell Mooney uh, will be... Um, Catching passes, hopefully, from Mitchell Trubisky. But Ted Ginn Jr. is inactive along with Riley Ridley. It's tough for a guy like this, a second-year wide receiver. Now when they bring Mooney in and everything seems to be working and they like uh, Javon Wims and things like that, um, it's going to be difficult for him to um, get into a game. So we'll see what happens. Also for the uh, Giants, um, one of their guys, who the hell is it that uh, is active? I just saw it. Oh, I'll find it in a minute. Harold um, Mooney? N- no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they actually they they slipped across the field and they, they said, "Listen, if you're not going to let me play for you, let me play for somebody." Um, and this is so stupid, I can't remember the guy's name. It's the it's the big receiver that I, knew, I said earlier was going to be playing.
2: Well, well, while that, while that comes to you, Golden Tate. Uh, oh, yes, Golden Tate. Yeah, there you go, Golden Notre Tate. His very own. I covered him in Notre Dame. Yeah, I know, and That's I I just mentioned yeah.
1: him a little while ago. I just yeah. yeah. His name uh, wasn't in front of me, so.
2: What did you think of the uh, new and improved tight end core? You mentioned Cole Komet, and uh, that was my bold, one of my bold predictions, that he was not only going to get be the first rookie tight end since 1972 to get a, a reception in his Bears debut, but would get a touchdown reception, and he should have. It, so uh, yep. it was so close. It was so close. But Jimmy Graham had a pretty decent day as well, and um, Matt Nagy mentioned about maybe not necessarily numbers in terms of what they produce, but how they help the running game.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's so much doubt in it. I mean, I think that the one thing about Graham was he did have a couple of times where you were wondering why he was jumping when he was jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then you were also wondering why Mitch put a little loft on a ball when he probably didn't have to. So it's something they're going to have to work on and get together. But it's, I was actually encouraged because I don't think any Bears fan Really expected a lot from Jimmy Graham from what we've seen from him in the last couple of years, and you know when you when you go to play tight end in Green Bay and in two years you catch five touchdowns, right? It's like okay, well that's you think
2: the game's passed your by. Yes,
1: yes, and I think he was he was perfect. They used him as a weapon. He had he had a chance. He could have had another one, and um, I, I really liked it. So I mean I'm encouraged. And if you like,
2: hey, look, if you like the rah rah stuff, what he said on Wednesday, I think it was. You know, I got to be better than that, and I'm going to get better than that. And you mentioned the timing. You know, hopefully that comes. But for a guy who's been in this league as long as he has and has had the, uh, you know, had the uh, the highs that he's had and the numbers he's put up, it's great to know that he's still hungry and, and still expects more from himself.
1: Yeah, listen, for the most part, uh, athletes do not like to be made fun of. Um, they like to go on out there and do the best they can. And um, once they're on the field, they're trying, they're working their tail off to get better. And I, you know, Jimmy Graham heard everything. He heard all the reports from Chicago after the Bears signed him from media and fans alike. I'm sure he heard all that stuff. Sure. So he's got you know a fire lit underneath him, trying to do some things. And I was encouraged. I was, it was, hap- I was happy to see it. Uh, he seemed like he fits into the offense pretty well. And we know that Matt Nagy needs tight ends in this offense. Um, the first year that they had Trey Burton and Trey Burton was re- was healthy that first half of the season when they had, they won twelve games. He put up really nice numbers and they used him a lot in the offense. So they didn't have any of that last year, and that's still you know when I'm looking back at it, that's still one of the main reasons for, in my opinion that the offense was as bad as it was last year. When you don't have tight ends, that takes a big part away, and you're trying to throw to guys that, you know, Ben Broniker, who's now, I don't know if he's even playing anymore. And... No,
2: please don't say his name, the Baby Gronk. Uh, Let's, uh, yeah, no, I won't. No, I no. won't.
1: Yeah, there's no, you know, I still remember Baby Jordan back in the day. Remember Harold Miner? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: it never works out when you get no. Baby put in front of no. uh, an icon.
1: No, it usually doesn't. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Chuck Pagano knows he's going to have to try and slow down or help the defense slow down the New York Giants. Giants did score sixteen points. They put up some yards, turned the ball over a couple times, but Pagano talking about the Steelers and what they did to shut down Saquon Barkley.
4: Yeah, pretty suffocating. Probably the same thing you guys saw. You know, they did a, they did an excellent job. You know, and you know you think about the the unknowns. You know, because a new coordinator, new staff. No preseason, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, going like we're going, looking at Dallas stuff and t- looking at personnel, all those kind of things. They just, they did a nice job. They set a great edge. They, they pressured. Um, they hit their pressures. Um, the guys executed and, and they tackled, you know, and um, it, was, it, was, it was impressive.
1: Okay. That goes from what the Steelers did to Barkley. And then the question is, well, why do you have such a hard time stopping the Lions?
4: Not good. I don't think they would find anybody, you know, on the defensive side, coaches or players that would say, you know, Hey, we're okay. Cause, uh, you know, we weren't good. I got to, I got to do a better job of preparing these guys. I got to do a better job of coaching. Uh, and then we got to execute better. And so, um, you know, that's, that's just how it is. You know, we didn't, We didn't do our job. We didn't play well in certain situations, and and particularly in the run game, we pride ourselves on stopping the run, so we got to be better.
1: Yeah, there are 32 teams in the National Football League, and the Bears allowed 426 yards on offense last week. Uh, Only three teams allowed more.
2: Yeah, Um, again, to an an aging uh, Adrian Peterson and to a Lions offense that didn't have its best wide receiver out there.
1: Yeah, they allowed 288 passing yards, which was 27th worst in the league uh, last week. So they need to do something stepping it up. And like I said, despite the fact that the, the numbers say that Khalil Mack had Six quarterback pressures. I I'd like to see him. You know, like make sure he like lets everybody know this is another one, and so we can actually well, see him on like, the field.
2: It reminded me of the days and and you know the the team stats. Brian Urlacher, if he yes. was within, within ten yards of the pile, he got uh-huh. credit for half a half a uh, tackle at yeah. least.
1: You remember how um, the stats would come out, and you'd see the number of tackles, and then two days later, when the coaches saw the tape, there was like ten more tackles for Urlacher. Yes, and it was like, okay, this is just that's why for the <laughs> longest time tackles weren't an official stat because they were just they were just uh, you know A little generous. Up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know how that goes. A little generous from the the home team uh, stat guy. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to check in with Jeff Dickerson in just a couple of minutes. He is out at Soldier Field, a very empty Soldier Field. It's got to be a weird feeling with um, the media that's heading out there and uh, the people that will be there. I know that um, Jeff is not JD is not going to the road games, uh, which probably makes I don't know you know because of COVID and all that stuff. Probably not nearly as much fun going to other cities and hopping on a plane as it used to be. But um, so we'll see how we'll check in with him. Uh, at 11 o'clock. One guy that I I actually took in my fantasy league, so I was happy to see him play well, was Darius Slayton from the New York Giants. Oh yeah, six catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. And I went back and watched all of his catches earlier today. And
2: That 40-yarder was something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then he also goes over the middle. He's not afraid to go over the middle. He's a guy that can catch the ball and kind of like an Allen Robinson type. He'll go over the middle. He can go deep. And um, they they threw him the ball quite often. Also, Sterling Shepard had six catches for 47 yards. Now that I remember the name, Golden Tate will be active, and um, you know he's another guy that in the past has hurt the Bears. Um, you know with his his catching skills. So they they do have weapons coming in. It's I know it's the New York Giants. I know it's Daniel Jones. I know a lot of uh, Chicago Bears fans don't think very highly of the Giants, but they do have some offensive weapons, which this defense who allowed 426 yards last year, is going to have to figure out a way to stop him.
2: Well, I, I would think right now there are a lot of Bears fans who would take Daniel Jones over Mitch Trubisky right now if he could switch uniforms and say, good luck, you know, we'll, we'll take our chances moving forward. With the with the younger uh, athletic Eli than the Mitch Trubisky we know to this point,
1: right? You are probably right. There is probably a good possibility of that. We come back. Jeff Dickerson joins us from Soldier Field. It's Hanley and Hubner right here on ESPN One Thousand. Back in two minutes.